So here's the, the biggest question for you I got. It's game day. You make a questionable call. Is your dad staring at you after you made that call? So we have, <laughs> we have about 18 coaches on the coaching staff. Um, probably 12 of them are there just for the sideline show of me <laughs> and my dad. <laughs> Welcome to the Westcom Football Podcast. Bart Pasterna with Coach Joe Loth. And we have one of the finest QBs to ever suit up for a Westcom football team. Uh, Coach Loth has been blessed with a pretty good string. Even if they've been young and green, you can see the potential in them. Even if they've been a transfer student, he saw the potential in these guys. And so uh, this gentleman, Gwen Fleeting, is... Just part of that very solid group that you've gotten to work with over the years, Coach. Yeah, without a question. You know, Quinn was a our, really our first transfer quarterback here, and he uh, he's on our record board just like DJ and, and Will aren't as far as all-time school records. And Quinn's just such a unique kid. He was probably the most, like I'll talk, uh, you know, when I start talking to him on the podcast, we'll talk about how calm he was in the pocket and calm he is in life and successful and just really proud of where he's at right now in his life. Uh, but just really did a great job for us. And he was a unique kid, uh, started off a little slow as a quarterback for us, uh, really determined. And then, like I said, his second year, he was player of the year in the conference and and really successful quarterback for us. Ed Good, Connecticut football bloodlines. His dad's one of the best high school coaches uh, in Connecticut, has been for a long time at Windsor High School. And Quinn's coaching with his dad now, which is, is awesome to be able to work with your dad. And uh, But really, his dad's a great coach. He's a great great young coach also. Yeah, and uh, oh, uh, we'd be remiss if we uh, didn't mention, as you know, when, when we put together these podcasts, some things are happening here, they're everywhere. Um, you had to say goodbye to some some people from the from the program because graduation has come and gone, sir. Yeah, no question. Maybe uh, the most important day in some of these guys' lives, you know, as far as at this point graduating from college. And I love that we have graduation back on campus. I'm not sure if it's staying, but I love seeing our guys that played all those games in that stadium actually get to walk in that stadium too. So uh, graduation's a, a huge day for everyone, and I was excited to see all our guys uh, walk yesterday. Yeah, and a big tip of the cap uh, because for the spring sports, the Westcon women's lacrosse wolves, did make it to the NCAA tourney. Had to play Cortland again at Cortland. Yeah, tough game. <laughs> With a tough, tough draw. And they gave the Red Dragons a good battle. But to Coach Ells and company, fantastic season. It was uh, our pleasure. The crew here, the pooch. I was involved and in, in many, many others with the crew. Uh, pleasure to bring many of their home games to folks through the streaming services. Uh, and we look forward to another fine season. Many talented individuals coming back. And Coach Ells, like all the coaches here, uh, do such a marvelous job recruiting and bringing outstanding student-athletes to Westcott. Yeah, that's where it all starts, right, recruiting. And, and obviously having great facilities and a great location all go hand-in-hand hand with that. But we definitely have two great lacrosse programs right now. And, and for us, having a good men's lacrosse program helps us and that we try to recruit some football lacrosse kids. We've got a couple of those guys now. 
and always trying to recruit those guys. And the one, the one last thing I want to bring up here is you can't see it on the screen when eventually you see the video portion of this. You can't see it on the screen. But Coach Laws, the soles of his shoes are worn. It's You know it's recruiting season. <laughs> no question. <laughs> no question. We actually have coaches on the road today uh, in high schools all over New York, New Jersey, and Connecticut on the road to spring recruiting, so it never ends. Yeah, and when we return, we will look forward to chatting with Quinn Fleeting and the Westcon Football Podcast will continue in just a few right here. So stick around. Westcon Football Podcast returns. Bart Pasterna, Coach Joe Loth, and Quinn Fleeting is here. QB Supreme and now uh, staying in football a little bit besides his regular business, staying in football at Windsor, where the fleeting name is well, well known, Quinn. Thanks for being with us. Yeah, yeah, I'm glad to be here. Uh, Westcom was a great experience, an experience I'll never forget. So I'm, I'm just blessed to be here with you guys. Well, also, as Coach Loth and I were talking before uh, the podcast kicked in, um, Westcom was actually stop number three on a college yeah. train for you, but the one you settled in with and uh, – I'd have to say it was extremely rewarding for you and the program, of course, but for you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, being a third stop, I was just really focused on, of course, I'm graduating with, with uh, the correct grades and um, also just football. Football is a big piece of my life. And that was, that's just what was missing. Um, I always tell, tell my dad that I, re- I regret leaving Central. I just think I wasn't mature enough at the time. But um you know, just going through that experience and then going to assumption and finally ending up here. I think that whole experience just made my experience much more greater at Westcom. So if I had to do it again, I'm glad how it went down. But, you know, I, I learned from everything and and it is what it is. You know, I had a, I had a great time. And again, Westcom was was great. And Coach Loff, I never told him, but uh, he really like he, he saved my career in a sense. Um, I never told him how thankful I was for it. But uh, without him, I I would have a lot of regrets at this point. Well, Quinn, I appreciate that. And and you know what's interesting is is when you get a guy like Quinn, who's obviously a super talented kid, and you're like, you know, someone said, well, why do you want a guy that's transferred, you know, maybe a couple times? And I'm like, first of all, you know, I know he's a really good player. But second of all, he just wanted to play football. And things, for whatever reason, you know, didn't work out, whether it's on his part or the other part with the coaches and stuff like that, opportunity-wise. But he just wanted to play football. And what a talented kid. And we were so fortunate to get Quinn to become part of our program. Ended up Offensive Player of the Year in the conference and stuff. But uh, really, you know, worked out great for us. But I think worked obviously worked out great for him, too, for us. But uh, but sometimes when you get a transfer, it's, it's for the right reason. Like, he just wants to play football. And it, it was 100% for the right reason here at Western Connecticut. Yeah, and get a solid education all at the all at the same time. That's a pretty good deal. Um, mm-hmm. But it, were you or did you feel you were a different athlete by the time you got got here? Because you mentioned, you know, saying to your dad that maybe uh, you know your maturity level wasn't where you you should have had it uh, when you were at at Central, and then then going to Assumption. Did you did you feel that you had evolved a little bit more, or were you pretty much still the same guy, just looking f- for someone to see, you know, that that nugget in the rock and bring it out? Yeah, I think as far as X's X's and O's, as far as just a game of football from a quarterback's perspective, 
I think I evolved a lot by the time I got there because by the time I got to Westcon, I think Westcon was the fifth playbook I had to to learn and and, and get down uh, to a T. So X's and O's I was. I think the issue was when I first got to Westcon, it was just I think I matured enough by that time, but I think there was still like a trust issue, like you know with, with coaches because just transferring from so many places, it was a trust thing, and I think I was just so eager to play. That's why that first year, I think my first year season at Westcon, I had it was just too many turnovers from a quarterback's perspective. <laughs> they still bother you, right, Quinn? Yeah, yeah, it's too many turnovers, <laughs> and I think it was just half part of it was just being so excited to play, and then the other part was still like just trust issues or, or just trying to do too much. And then after the season, um, just pick, going back to Coach Loff again, I, I remember he told me, you know, you're you're still my guy. And I think after we had that conversation, I was. I was just fully all in. I, I just uh, one thing I just wanted to do was just to perform great for Coach Love because that's that uh, that coach's player connection is very important. And you know, having that many turnovers in one season and then the coach still saying you're still my guy that's that meant everything to me. So my senior season, um, I was just really playing just for Coach Love to be honest. You, you know what's it, it, what, what's interesting about Quinn to me. And it's it's his best quality that sometimes doesn't translate in practice is his calmness. Like literally, like when you watch him at practice, he has this level of calmness that sometimes it wouldn't translate to a game. But he is the calmest quarterback I've ever seen in the pocket, operating in the game, on the sideline. And I was just telling Bart earlier, Quinn, that we we started a freshman quarterback this year, a true freshman, a guy named John Giller. And I haven't started a true freshman quarterback since 2006 at Otterbein, a guy named Paul Stelzer. And uh, so obviously he's been a work in progress. And then if you watch him this spring, he has translated your calmness to our practices. And I'm like, and I, I've been talking to him. He goes, yeah, I, the only film he watches, he doesn't watch DJ's film. He doesn't watch Will's film. He watches your film because he's the guy that he's taken more from. So so your calmness has translated to him this offseason in such a unique characteristic that uh, you know, I think it it like it in practice you see it, but it translates in the game. And sometimes in your practice, you're like, man, he's so calm. Is he too calm? But he really isn't. Yeah, no, that's a, that's a blessing to hear that, man. I got I got to get down there and meet some of the new guys. It's well, for you, it, so everybody as always, we would love to see you. But you're you're a busy guy with this this Windsor program. You know, your your dad's built a. a Pretty good program there. Not that it didn't have a reputation prior to right. that, but you know, I mean, the, uh, Mr. Fleeting and Windsor synonymous. Yeah, yeah. Coaching is awesome, man. Uh, I, I just enjoy being around the kids. The hours are insane, <laughs> but um, you know, it, it's different at each high school. But I just enjoy being around the kids. I really just love doing it because it still keeps me close with my dad. Because football kept us close uh, all my life, so. Th- the fun part for me, I just like coaching with him. I know a lot of people keep asking me, will I ever head coach? As of right now, no. Because I'm not too good with politics, you know. <laughs> I don't like that part of it. But um, as long as he's coaching, I'll, I'll keep coaching because I, I like being around him, and, and I just love the game. So he's just staying around it. I have to ask you this, though. It's, it, does Windsor suffer from what some other Connecticut high schools, even high-profile programs, have suffered through over the past – I want to say five to ten years, where the number of kids going out for football, being interested in football, has gone down a little bit. You know, we had the big thing with parental concern and injuries. To me, 
any sport. You can get hurt in any sport that right. you play in in high school or in youth or in college. It injuries injuries happen, and we know that coaches and their staffs do their best, and with the equipment that's available, there shouldn't really be those big concerns. But still, you know, we see the trepidation on the part of some parents to have their kids involved. Has there been any of that effect at, at Windsor where you've, you know, had to have a few more talks with, with kids that you normally would about, hey, this is going to be good for you? Yeah, yeah, there's definitely a difference from, from when I was in high school. Because um, like you said, it's the concussion thing is huge now. That's why there's so many, like, uh, flag leagues out there for, for kids, um, especially in this town. Um, and, and, yeah, the numbers are are, are just completely different. Um, it's not a huge difference, but it, there is a difference. Um, and, and, again, like you said, it's the concussion piece. And and I just, I just don't know where it's coming from. It's, it's such a huge gap. Um, but we still have decent numbers. We still have 40 to 50 kids come out. Um, and then as the season go on, that number goes down, but yeah, there's a, there's a difference in numbers, but, um, we're, we're, we're still lasting, still surviving. Bart, you know, what's interesting about numbers when you look at sports is it's just not football that the numbers are down. Yeah. I mean, it's baseball, it's track, it's, it's kind of a participation level of students, you know, even participating in anything in, in the off season now. And, and, uh, I know a lot of people talk about football numbers being down, but it's really across the board in almost every single sport. Yeah, and well, and the other thing we should bring up is it's it's not always all about the injuries. Sometimes, and I, I will not name the school or the, the individual coach who told me this story about how he saw a gentleman in the, in the hallways of his school. And he, kids 6'3", six, 6'4", six, and got the poundage on him, and he's like, eh. Sonny, you're participating in anything, and the kid is there with the thumbs going, yep. you know, and it's like, oh, had no no interest in breathing fresh air even. I'm not even talking about playing sports. So you're you're combating that as well, is that what what has happened besides, you know, the, the worry about a concussion or an injury or something like that is, mm-hmm. is the amount of of kids out there who have uh, suddenly found it enjoyable to sit on their keisters and, and not not necessarily do anything, Coach. Yeah, yeah. Um, a big part of it, I think, is uh, there's a lot of single single moms out there as well. There's not a lot of uh, – I think father figures are a big piece in that um, too. Just me growing up, you know, having the ability to have my mom and my dad around. Just from my experience, the mom is just – she's there for you emotionally. You know, that father comes in to to get you out there, do sports, uh, discipline you. And I think a lot of times that's what a lot of kids are missing, um, especially around this area. Um, and that's also another reason why I love coaching, just to give kids that father figure. So they are doing something. They are being active um, as, a, as, a, as a young adult. Yeah, because you know that it's not always going to translate, right, Coach, into a professional career. It, you may not even be able to extend it into the collegiate ranks. You were fortunate in, in that regard, but it's yeah. just good for you. It it can teach you so many things uh, besides the game itself. You mentioned learning a playbook, and you learned a bunch of them uh, during your time. And besides that, we're talking about discipline. We're talking about camaraderie with your teammates, a more social 
a type of, of setting. Um, you know, there are so many things to be learned from yeah. being a part of a of a team. It's not just all about the actual sport itself. There's so many things go into it. Yeah, like I tell kids all the time, I think the game of football is the best life lesson sport to play. Um, you think of even college. You're talking about 80 to 100 guys on one team and all have and you get everyone to have the same goal in the in the same mindset and everyone's coming from different states different towns different upbringings like i don't i don't think a lot of people understand how special that is like that's a huge life lesson you um and, and that's why i love the game you know what's interesting is uh my oldest zachary like when when, we, when i was coaching at my last school even here my son was the biggest bookworm in the country. Like, he would sit at our games and read books. Like, no interest in football, no interest in football. My wife was like, this is great. You know, even my wife. And then all of a sudden, ninth grade, my son's like, I think I want to play football. And my wife's like, what? I'm like, he ain't playing football. And I'm like, he's, he's playing football. So he went from being this bookworm kid to playing football. It literally transformed his life socially. Like, he all of a sudden had his kind of bookworm kids, you know, academic kids. Then he all of a sudden had his football friends, and he changed socially. Like, he matured socially, and he became literally a different kid. And my wife literally came up to me and said, I get it now. I get why football is so important sometimes to some kids because of the social aspect of it because it changed my kid's life and had nothing to do with X's nose. He got better as a football player. He's the most improved kid his senior year and stuff, loves football now. But his transformation from playing football is is remarkable. And once again, my wife was one of those, hey, he ain't playing football kind of wives. <laughs> and it changed him. You know, my youngest wanted to play, and she was good with that. But uh, it was it's been it was interesting, even from my perspective, watching how football changed my kid. It's got to be wonderful to see that process going on yeah. when when you're you're in the in the high school level because you can get a better bead maybe on. If a kid is going to need a little help or a little nudge in in one area or another before they go to college, whether it's as a student athlete or just a student, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I I can't agree. Uh, have two similarities to, to law with his son. I don't have a kid yet, but um, <laughs> it's a good thing, right? <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm working on it. I want to have some fun. Yeah, no. But um, but yeah, I, I look at the guys I coach as as like little brothers. So like I said, I don't have any parental experience yet. Um, but again, I treat them like little brothers, little cousins, whatever the case may be. And my goal is to, is is for them is that life is bigger than football. Yes, I want to win games. That's the overall goal. But at the end of the day, at some point, it's going to stop. It's, it's going to be over. But uh, your knowledge and your grades in school, that's, just, that's what's going to take you as far as you want to go. Um, and it just my biggest thing is just life is just much bigger than just football. So all these kids, all they think about is D1, D1, NFL. But at some point, it's coming to an end. So, Well, you knew basically what you wanted to be doing once yeah. your college time uh, came to a close. And, in fact, because we get uh, a little – what do they call it? Inside baseball. Or we'll call it inside football here. Uh, mm-hmm. You mentioned to us before we started chatting on the podcast that you actually had a little business venture going – prior to arriving at Westcon, you've expanded on that, right? Yeah, yeah. So prior to Westcon, I was, as far as what I do now in the uh, foreign exchange market, I didn't have my own LLC or my own business at that point. 
um, again, in college, it was just, it was football, football. And now it's just doing, you know, the trading on the side just because I knew, and I was still learning as well. Um, but yeah, college was just football, football. And I had the same aspirations. I wanted to to play at the next level as well. Um, for me, I was just blessed to have, again, just have my father 100% in my life. And um, after leaving WestCon, I know Coach Loff was mentioning to me, he introduced me to the overseas aspect and how to get that started. And I actually, I had uh, two offers to play in Germany, uh, one in Italy, one in Poland, and one in Austria. Um, and I remember <laughs> going to my coaching staff back at the high school because I was still helping out. And all the coaches said, yeah, you know, go experience it. And, um, and I asked my dad because during the same process, around the same times I had those offers, I also had a job offer as a, as a consultant for a construction and engineering firm. I saw the Secure Tech Solutions in downtown Hartford. And I remember I went to my dad and I said, what should I do? Should I take the job offer or, or go overseas? And I remember he said, he said, you better take that job. (laughs) (laughs) To him, it's, you know, what do you want in life? What what type of life do you want to build? And I know for me, you know, I want to start a family at some point. I want some, uh, you know, financial wealth or some financial comfort, um, you know, as I get older. And and yes, it would have been nice to play overseas. And I wish I did. Like, I don't wish I did. I I really wanted to go. I wish what I'm doing now or what decision I made, but. To him, it's about it's about going through life and, and doing what you want and, and surviving. So, I'm happy that he made that decision because without him, I would have probably been overseas, and I don't know where I would be working right now. So, I'm thankful for him, and, and because I went to work and I learned some the corporate world, I guess so to speak, and, and just with football, that that gave me the mindset just to go on the entrepreneur route and, and do my own thing. But you're still connected to football. You've kept the football. <laughs> connection as a, a molder of young men and working alongside uh you know your your dad that's it's a pretty good pretty good deal i'd say it's almost like the best of both worlds there quit yeah again like i'm happy everything happened because I, I i bought a house um about a year ago a year in the, about three months ago um i just got engaged two weeks ago so you know not if i went to go play overseas i feel like everything wouldn't have happened that smoothly or or within this time frame, so I'm ha- I'm happy, you know, I'm gonna have my father in my life uh, uh, to tell me the right thing to do at that time. At that time, it was a big decision. I wasn't sure which one to choose. By the way, you've you've made sure that you've planned the uh, the wedding down the road to not interfere with football season, of course. Oh, of course. Bart, Bart, you <laughs> got to understand. My kids were born around football season. That's part. Of, Quinn already knows that with his dad being a coach, all decisions are made around football season. <laughs> I always, I always say, but for my family, you can't, you can't get married or die in the fall. <laughs> it's, it's funny you bring that up because my fiance is working on, like, you know, planning the wedding day and all that stuff, and where it's going to be, and and she knows from that September to the second week of December, it's <laughs> you can't choose those days. Cause you can't do it. <laughs> my sister got married in October, like one year, because she had a shotgun wedding. I'm like, I can't come to that thing. She's like, Why? Well, I told you you can't. You know? <laughs> Just how it is. <laughs> Not is my it, fault. It's your fault. You're planning your wedding in October. I got told her. I said, my job is done. I, I did the engagement piece. Was, so you're smart already. Stand back. Let her do everything. If you See, got it all. I got the greatest excuse because I'm broadcasting games all year long. So <laughs> there's no season for 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 me. You know. Hey, hey Quinn, here's a question. Let's talk <laughs> Windsor football. Do mm-hmm. you have a quarterback? So our previous quarterback 
who, who was really good. Um, he's, he's deciding to go to prep school. Um, so now we have two young quarterbacks. Uh, we have a, one guy who's going to be a sophomore. Then we actually have an eighth grader, eighth grader. Um, who's going to be a freshman in August. Who has a, he has a big arm. Um, he has a really good arm, actually. He has a high school arm. Um, and so right now it's just who, who can pick up the playbook as fast, uh, the fastest. And, and then if, if, if I can trust one of them by the time September comes around, then that's who we'll go with. If not, then we'll, we'll just put one of our athletes at quarterback. And you guys got a lot of kids, a lot of starters back this year? Or? Yeah, yeah. We have, uh, as far as seniors, we only lost about, we probably lost about nine, but like four, four or five, that, that made a difference. Uh, the rest of the 22 was, was all juniors and sophomores. Do yeah, how, how deep is a playbook at at Windsor? Compare compare a high school playbook now to yeah. you know a Westcon playbook. How how deep does your playbook go? So it it depends who's our quarterback. It <laughs> always <laughs> does. <laughs> as deep as, as as he can uh, can take it. Um, our our playbook is very similar to when I played, and then it has a little bit of a uh, Coach Law of a little Westcon yep. sprinkle in it. A sprinkle of loth in the playbook. I like that. That playbook is it's a great playbook, but it's not hard to just grasp right away. <laughs> yeah, you got to change the language with high school kids. You got to change the language. You got to change a few things, not to dumb it down so much, but just whatever they understand the best or what can make more sense to them. Then you guys don't have spring ball anymore, right? So this is all fall and stall or? Yeah, uh, yeah. So there's no there's no spring ball, yeah. um, but we do, we do other things to make the kids, you know, grasp. grasp yeah, I know you guys. How, how many seven on sevens do you guys go to this summer and all that stuff? Um, so our spring seven on seven just started yep. uh, last Sunday, and then after that one, we have a summer one, which is pretty big. We have about twelve to fifteen teams, and then we have the grip it and rip it yeah, okay. down in New Canaan, yep. which is overnight. Um, and then those are the those are the two big ones. Then we have some scrimmages. Uh, closer towards July and August. So here's the the biggest question for you I got. It's game day. You make a questionable call. Is your dad staring at you after you made that call? So we have, <laughs> we have about 18 coaches on the coaching staff. Um, probably 12 of them are there just for the sideline show of me <laughs> and my dad. So if it's questionable, he yells. We go back and forth all the time. Um, it's it's funny because he knows, like, to him, his yelling doesn't bother me. Like, yeah. it, it doesn't shake me because I'm just so used to it. But, uh, no, he, he trusts me. And I, I'm, I'm just thankful for the trust that he puts in me. And for me, like, coaching, I take the same approach as, as I did when I played for him. Uh, when I played for him as a, as a high school kid, it was a lot of pressure because I didn't want any parents or anyone saying, you know, he's only playing because his father's a coach. I wanted to prove a point that I'm, I'm playing because I'm good enough. Um and that's, what I, that's the same thing I do with coaching. I don't want people to think that I'm the offensive coordinator because my dad's a coach. So I make sure we win games. We, we try to score as many points as possible just just to make sure, you know, he's he's not put in a bad light. So, so what is your operation? Like you're calling the game. Is he in your ear like on third and short with suggestions or is he on, no, the, is he on the headphones with you? Uh, he's Yeah, he's on the headphones, but he's quiet okay. until stuff stop not, not working. Then when yeah. it's not working – Look at he'll, he'll yeah. give me a look like you got about one more drive. <laughs> so, <laughs> but that thankfully that didn't happen last year at all. There was I think one game we were playing Berlin, and now I, I was being greedy. 
it was about a third one, and we threw a slant instead of running the ball, and the guy dropped it. Yeah, he lost it, but I got the point. So, what what have you learned as a coach? I mean, obviously, you've been doing this for a couple of years now. What is what is your progress been on this? As a coach, I would say, um, oh god, I, I I guess I was I would say play calling, um, as far as like when to call certain things or, or sequence and plays and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. sequence plays, knowing your players. Um, the biggest thing I would say, knowing your players and, and communicating with them. Also, it's it's a lot of like before practice stuff, like getting the bands ready, um, yeah. going on Excel, getting the playbook ready. It's a lot of that stuff that I'm learning. Just the um, preparation? Yeah, the preparation piece. Um, I think everything else as far as getting on the field and running practice, I think that just comes naturally just from, you know, being at Central, being at WestCon, just watching you guys do it. And then obviously just being around my dad, watching him do it for years. That part comes naturally. I think it's more of the preparation piece that I'm learning a lot and I'm still developing it. So, Quinn, how do you stand on uh, in high school? They, I mean, they've adjusted – some of the rules over the years, uh, but they've also adjusted the amount of teams that make the postseason, which can sometimes make it difficult. It's I'm I have more of a problem with it in basketball and some other sports where all of a sudden you know you're all you got to do is win forty percent of your games and and you're a right. playoff team. Uh, football, they've, they've expanded, but again, since it's such you know a physical sport, I'm wondering how you've taken to the expansion. I mean, I know everybody likes to get a shot at making the postseason, but at the same time, I, I didn't necessarily think what was already expanded was, was broken, mm-hmm. that it had to be expanded again. Yeah, so like you said with the other sports, how you only, I think it's only like you only have to win eight games with basketball. <laughs> yeah. You're right. Yeah. Um, eight out of 20. But, and it's like football, you lose one game, you're on the edge, and then you lose two, you're probably out, um, depending on what class you're in. But they go off a point system. Um, I just think they should take the strength of schedule in consideration because sometimes they're not like us. Our second round game was, oh no, our first round game was versus Cheney Tech. Like, I, I don't understand how that happens. It does, that's that's not fair to to Cheney Tech, and now I know this season coming up, they think they're uh, they're going to six classes, so there's going to be a, a, a L, a double L, uh, a double M, a M, and then a S and a double S, and I guess that's for teams, those smaller schools, to have you know like their own conference, whatever the case may be, which is good. I think they're still trying to figure out what's the best move. Um, I just think the big thing for me is you should take in consideration the uh, strength of schedule. Um, as well, like who who you play and, and 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 things of that nature. Yeah, there's there are teams that finish seven and three that played uh, mm-hmm. an entirely different schedule than some teams that are eight and two, nine and one, ten and zero, right. uh, and and so again, I'm with you on that. I I like strength of schedule. I don't really like prolonging more the high school football season given the Demands not that other student athletes don't have other demands on them, but again, just the mere physicality of the of the sport itself says, "Hey, you know, we, we should be more concerned about here's the amount of games we're going to play. Let's go on a strength of schedule, and then we have our our postseason." So, I I don't know. Common sense doesn't always come <laughs> come into play. 
Yeah, I agree. But um, hey, you you don't lose any games. You don't got to worry about it. So that's <laughs> no. not a question. No, no, that's the uh, that's the that's the bottom line. So where do you, do you, I know you I know you've got the the business going on, but you got your LLC. But would you think now that you've had your taste of hands-on coaching, uh, do you think maybe this is something you'd like to go further with? Uh, I don't, I'm not sure. It all depends about where life goes. Um, I love what I'm doing now as far as the business. I, I just I just love doing it. And I love that I have the flexibility to coach as well. Um, I think for me, it's more of a, like a, it's more of a father-son connection. Like if my dad ever decided to go to college or coach in college, which he's had opportunities to do so, he just never pursued it yet. But if he did go to coach in college, I would, I could see myself, you know, going or helping out on the staff somehow, some way. Um, but besides just venturing on my own and doing it, I don't. As of now, I don't think so. I don't see that. Okay. What do you remember? What are your fondest memories besides, obviously, your great coach Joe Long? Wait. What are some of your your fondest memories about hanging out at WestCon? Uh well, it's, like as I said before, the the conversation that uh, Coach Law I had with Coach Law after my junior my first season there, him saying uh, I'm still his guy, um, and then I would say our, our our team meeting we had before the season. Uh, my my senior year, I think I, I told I told Coach Loft before the before the meeting uh, that I just wanted to say a few words uh, to the guys. I actually broke down crying because it's such an emotional thing for me. Um, but I was just telling guys, you know, I'm just here for everyone, and I'm willing to do whatever I got to do to make the team better. Um, and and I think that was a that was a big thing as far as as camaraderie and connection between you know me and the team. And I think everyone believed that uh, you know. I'm I'm here for them and I'm here to play for them and that and, and it's, that's all it is because I think the difference from like D1 and D3 is at Division One, everyone has those same you know goals as far as going to the next level, right? Majority of everyone. Then you get to D3, you have some guys that's still on that same page, but then you have some guys who's just they just want to play in college and they have no plans afterwards. It's, it's just there, right? So so it's I think it's tougher to get everyone on the same page. Um, as far as goals and that nature. And then finally, I think uh, a good memory I have was when the way we voted for our team captain was Loft gave everyone a piece of paper. And I think they had to write three or two names. Three names, yeah. No, two names. Three. There's actually two names, yeah. Yeah, two names of who they think they sh- should be captains for the team. And uh, afterwards, uh, Loft had told me that he'd think, uh, if I could remember, he'd think that was a, I was the first time like every single player I, I was on every single player's list. So for me, that was a, that was a huge thing for me. Um, I don't, I don't know. It was, a, I didn't say anything after he said it. I said, Oh, that's cool. But I like just walking away. I, I to me, that was just, that was just very special. It just made me even want to play harder. Hey Quinn game wise, best finish to a game you participated in was I got one image in my mind right now is what so, game was that? For me, it was, same team. It was Hartwick. Hartwick throwing that switch route into the boundary to win that game. Yeah. So that was during yep to Jawad Chisholm. Yep. Um, yeah, that one was good. That moment, yeah, yeah that was that a that moment. Was a great moment. The best game I ever played in, like been a part of as a team. Plymouth State team. Second year versus Hartwick. Okay. 
What about well, I your, think... your Plymouth State was pretty good win. Remember the game. Oh, yeah. Remember the year they didn't rush you. Say it again. Remember the year they didn't rush you at all. Like like is your second year they didn't even pass rush you. No, no. By the it was either that or our our line that senior year was was something special too. Those guys gave me a, a bunch of time back there. But uh, that Hartwick game, this our senior season or the second season, that was the same. What was the score? I have twenty one seven or twenty eight seven. Yeah, because we, we, our one bus breaks down on the way there. Yeah. So we're supposed to kick <laughs> off like at, I don't know, five. And we show up like one bus gets there. I think we waited as a bus. We get there at quarter to five. And mm-hmm. they're like, <laughs> and they're like, we'll, we'll push it back to 530. I'm like, 530? They're like, 530. <laughs> so we're down 28 seven and a half. And Hartwick had a, had a history of, teams getting them getting leads on people and then them coming back and losing late so i don't know if you remember it quinn at halftime i kind of called the team up i'm like hey we got them right where we want them down 28 <laughs> 7 and i and i guaranteed we we're going to go out and win that game in the second half and <laughs> yeah, that, that game was was insane yeah and i think it was really a turning point for everyone too um yeah. but that that was probably one of the craziest games i've ever been a part of yeah that That's was fun. That was a crazy game. I was thinking the other one where you threw that route to, to Jawad to win it too. Yeah, that was uh, that one was crazy. I was before that play, I was so upset because the drive, the possession before that, I think I threw an interception, and it was like, and that was pretty much the game was over at yeah. that point. And then defense went three and out, and it was only about fifty eight seconds left. And then Jawad caught that and took it eighty one yards. And I was just like, thank God. So that, that would have been bad if we lost that game. Uh, you know what's funny about this podcast today, Quinn, is I can people can see how competitive you are still, and that those turnovers your first year are still gnawing at you. <laughs> <laughs> They're still gnawing at you, even though your second year, the player of the year in the conference. Yeah, man, I'm, that's honestly, Coach. I never told you, but that that's really because of you. Um, I think for any player, he, any player can tell you that plays football or even basketball, any sport, really. Uh, but those two popular ones. Like when you when you're playing for a coach that you can fully trust, your game completely elevates to another level. It, it, it's like for me, it's like playing for your for your like when I played in high school for my dad. Like I was gonna do anything possible to make sure you know we win or everything works out. And that's after having that conversation with Loft, That's how it felt the next season. And, well, Quinn, I I appreciate that. You know what's interesting is we got a Wildcat quarterback, a guy named Mac Driver, who's really good player for us had 21 rushing touchdowns for us this year just out of tank and and the conversation I had with him after the season is Mac you just got to trust me like like we're going to put you in a position to be successful but that trust is you know it's it goes both ways right if I trust in you man you got to trust that I'm going to do what's right for you and I had that exact same conversation with Mac and hopefully Mac is listening to this right now (laughs) and, and and understands how beneficial that is Speaking yeah, of listening to this, since uh, since you mentioned how much faith your teammates had in you, where you were on every ballot to be a captain of the Westcott football team, um, since they had that much faith in you, have they have they hit you up for financial advice? Any of your former teammates? Yeah, yeah, I talked to a few of them still to this day. Uh, Lucas D'Souza, who was one of our receivers, he's actually getting married next uh, next or this Thursday. Actually, it's exciting. Uh, yeah, so we're, we're, I'm going down to his wedding on Thursday. Uh, Jawad Chisholm was, will also be there. So we, all of us are still staying connected um, in a sense. Um, I still talk to uh, some defensive guys like um, 
Kamal Valentine. Well, he's my cousin, so I guess that doesn't really count. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but he called himself Jug. We still talk. We still talk all the time. Uh, Stephen, Stephen, uh, Calamita still talk to him. Um, who else? There's still a bunch of Dwayne Gary. He's doing. He he's plays playing, in a. Yeah, he's playing, he's out playing out in California right now. Yep, me and DJ, my guy. Um, we talk all the time. We talk every day. So so so. DJ was also a big help in my process at Westcon as well. I think when, like when you're at any school and you're competing at the quarterback position, it's hard to build a relationship with the other quarterbacks because you are, all you guys are trying to compete. So you're trying to help each other, but at the same time, you're trying to beat the other guy as well. But I think DJ, like since the first time we were actually in practice and we met, he was always there for, for like help. He was always helping me. Um, I never felt like he was against me. Um, so I really thank him a lot all the time, just the help he gave me. Like I always go to him and say, what are you seeing or that I'm not seeing? And for me, that really helps to have that trust in another quarterback that's in the same quarterback room as you. Well, again, with coaching, got weddings coming up, you got the financial thing going. Uh, it seems like there's nothing lacking in your existence here, Quinn. Um, oh, I'm, I mentioned the house. You got the house, too. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm just, I'm just blessed again. Just to have guys, just to have father figures in my life, like Coach Love, like my father, my own father, um, my uncles, just guys like that that I can just feed off of um, what the right things to do, um, and, and and just that continue every day like that. I'm just I'm just doing as best as I can at this point and trying to do everything right. So for when I do have little ones, um, I'm leading them in the best directions possible. Maybe a puppy. Maybe you get a, a dog or something. That would I do have. A- I have him in a cage right now, so he's not barking. <laughs> ah, okay. Well, see, now he does. He is the man who has everything going for him. <laughs> Nothing better than having a dog now. Well, good. Quinn, we appreciate you taking the time out to to be with us. And I know uh, Coach Loth can't wait to see you come down and, and talk to some of the guys this season. Yeah, well, I would love to do that. Um, like I always tell people from back home, like West, West Con, kind of saved my life in a sense because uh, football was my life at that at that age. Football was everything to me, and I couldn't function without it. And that's why I guess I kept looking for somewhere to play. Like, uh, yeah, football's everything to me, and, and Coach Loff opened that gate for me. And yeah. I'm, I'm just blessed, and I, I will love Westcom forever. And, Quinn, I really appreciate you coming on today, and appreciate the kind words, too, today. I mean, I really do appreciate it. Yeah, yeah. And you know you have an yeah, old invitation. Hey, make sure you tell your yeah. dad I said hello, too. Yeah, gotcha. best, will do. Best, best to your dad and continued success at Windsor. Uh, thank you, guys. Appreciate it. Yeah. Appreciate talk, it much. Yeah, I'll talk to Quinn. Good luck this fall. All right, hey, guys. Hey, you too. Hey, tell Jawad and those guys I said hello to and Lucas and all those guys. All right. We'll do. <laughs> we have to close out our Westcon football podcast for this week. Bart Pastrana with Coach Joe Loth. Uh, Quinn Fleeting, just a, a, a special guy, as have been so many of these gentlemen who have passed through the university and played football and gotten their their degree and gone on to be successful in, in various. Well, this is someone who has been successful in business, successful as a coach, the player stuff and the student athlete stuff all in between. Uh, just a good, good guy. Yeah, and you can see after talking to him how level-headed he is, how smart he is in life, not just football and all that stuff, and, and really embracing working with his dad and. But really, a good football player here was a great leader for us. So, uh, so it, it, to me, that was a great podcast talking to Quinn today. Oh, without question. And uh, so we've been—I—I I, I know occasionally 
get an email from a guy saying, I think you're leaning a little too heavy on the quarterbacks there. <laughs> you know, don't worry. We we will well, run well, the gamut on this podcast. Well, part of it is I, I work with the quarterbacks. So it's, <laughs> so they're the, you know, so when you're working with the quarterbacks, it's easier to uh I, to be honest as a head coach, it's it's interesting when you work with the quarterbacks and, and Alex Drayson worked with Quinn too, uh one of our quarterback coaches. Uh but when you work with the quarterbacks, uh that's who you who you spend the most time with as a head coach, and sometimes that's a challenging thing that you have a hundred and some guys in the team. You're spending most of your time with the quarterbacks, and uh, but you do get to know them the best. And as as a head coach, that's the guy you got to know the best. Yeah, but don't work, don't work. Uh, offensive lineman. Uh, we'll get some other guys. We'll players. get some other guys uh, on uh, here. Uh, some uh, other uh, position guys. Don't work. You know, probably even a kicker. We might have to get Mike Nickel on next, and then we'll start doing some other <laughs> positions. <laughs> but uh, we we we're not even going to tip off. Um, <laughs> big big <laughs> guest next week. Yeah, we, we, yeah I mean, legendary hey, guest next uh, week. Mark. Okay, we can tip it off. Uh, okay, you can tip it. Yeah, tip tip. We tip. we have my former boss here at Western Connecticut, uh, a guy I learned a lot, and you heard Bob Serace learned a lot, and Paul Lapolice learned a lot, and Jimmy Salgado learned a lot, and all of us as young coaches, a guy named John Servino had his own way of doing things. Uh, really a uh, unique guy. A uh, lot of lot of stories about Coach Servino out there. Uh, and uh, I loved working for him, and uh, learned. Like I said, I learned a lot, and I can't wait to talk to him next week on the podcast. And and as Coach Savino would say, don't be late for the meeting. Okay, he could be late, yeah, but he could be he could be late. As, but but you can't. But be you late. cannot be late to that meeting. Okay, so Bart Pastorna for Coach Droloth. We shall return with another edition of the Westcon Football Podcast. The Westcon Football Podcast is a production of WCSU Media, engineered by Peter Puccio and produced by Scott Volpe. Listen and subscribe on Spotify, Stitcher, SoundCloud, and anywhere you get your podcasts. Please rate and review the show on Apple Podcasts. It really helps us find new listeners. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter at WCSU Media, and feel free to reach out to us by email at podcasts at wcsu.edu. Thanks for listening.